Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Mental Hill Podcast. Today we're joined by none other than Michael Crisp from Ian Coaching. Hello, mate. How are we doing? Nice to be here, mate. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Good. Yeah, good to, good to have you on. Finally. Nice to be here. I've been watching for a long time. I love it. So Appreciate thanks for inviting that. me on. It's yeah, what you're doing is good work. So keep doing. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate that. So yeah, let's tell us a little bit about obviously not where we are now in your life, but sort of a bit of your backstory, a little bit a bit about yourself and sort of you know. Bit of your ups and downs, really. Sort of. Yeah, I think most people that know me or have seen my page will see the transformation I've gone through, similar to yourself, but definitely not as impressive as yours, Matt. I'll be honest. <laughs> as much as I thought it was good, um, yeah, and then you, he, he, amazing, he definitely uh, done my one. I was like, oh, this is definitely up there. And then I saw Matt's, so I was like, oh, mine's not that good. Um, but no, it, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but um, no, a fairly similar background to you, really, Matt. If I'm honest, just not um, not to the extreme. Um, but at the same time, was still quite heavily o- overweight. Um, and it was kind of just during lockdown where I was like, no, nah, that's it. I've, I've, had, I've had enough now. And yeah, just turned around to me and Mrs. One day and went, right, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done being fat. I'm done drinking. You know, it's time to sort some stuff out. I'm not getting any younger. And, you know, if I want to have a quality of life later on, I need to get my act together now. And that's what I did. So we dropped, I think it was 35 kilos in like six months yeah. um, me being me I don't do anything half measure so <laughs> I went I'll go from being really fat to doing a bodybuilding show because you know why not why not <laughs> that's the basis else to do, is yeah. It, yeah. that's the basis one extreme to the other I'm all in or not so um, yeah and then done my first show and just absolutely never looked back it was just the best thing I've ever done so but obviously during that period of time in the transformation you realise just how unhappy you were yeah, of course. And how I use different things to cover on how unhappy I was at points. So comfort eating, drinking, you know, the classic things that most people that are suffering do to try and make themselves feel better. That instant gratification, which over a long period of time is not going to do you any good or any justice. So it was about learning myself through the transformation. Everyone sees the physical side, which was, you know, very, I'm very proud of that side as well. But more for me mentally was like, actually, I'm quite strong-willed actually I don't need these quick wins and coping fixes I, yeah. I've got that discipline and that consistency which I never thought I really had to be honest and I think that's one of the reasons why I always kind of press that self-destruct button because it was just like oh, I can't do it so what's the point of trying whereas now I'm like oh, I don't know how to do it yet but I will do it yeah, I'll just yeah. work it out as I get it's along you feel it's kind of doing that transformation <clears throat> going to the gym and training you kind of found your calling absolutely um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, it, it's one of those things. I've, I've always been a big fan of the gym. I've, I've always been going to the gym. I've always played rugby when I was growing up as well, played football. I, I've always been a very sporty person. But I think as I got to my late 20s, I kind of just gave up on trying to eat clean and healthy. And I met my missus and, what you know, you kind of just, you're comfortable. You're comfortable, yeah. Yeah, you just you like... like you don't yeah. have to impress anyone. Exactly. It's like, well, I'm out, I'm out of the pool, so to speak, so that's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, She's stuck with me now. Yeah, so. exactly. She can't leave. But, um, yeah, so you just... You, not for, not for all of, of Gemma's, it was just my own thing. You're just comfortable, right? Which yeah. is a nice thing, in a way, obviously, that you're comfortable in that relationship. So when you say, like, comfort you in... And drinking stuff. So, are you talking like takeaways, or are you just talking major there? What you wanted, and just don't... Oh, both to be honest. Yeah, was like night was it daily, or like, every day you drink, or so. Yeah, my my drinking was always pretty good. Like in terms of, I have a bit of a golden rule: no drinking Monday to Thursday, like the work week, mm. and then Friday, Saturday, all bets were off. 
and that kind of fitted into my rugby social side of things. This isn't to demonise rugby. Rugby is an amazing sport, teaches yeah, you great yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also got a good social element. It's life. also got yeah. a very good social element to it as well, which again, there's lots of positives you can take from that if you are balanced. And I wasn't balanced. I, I think was, you, it's that if you haven't got the control, that's, that's it. it. Literally it. It's like I couldn't just go out for one or two with the boys. I'm out all night. I'm not yeah. getting into the early hours. It's it's stupid. Um, and then it just carries on. You finish work on a Friday, go drinking. I've got quite a high-pressure job with clients. So you go drinking with clients. Then you get in, got rugby on Saturday morning. You play a game. You're drinking again. You wake up Sunday afternoon. You're hungover. You feel like crap. So you order a massive pizza, mm. fast food, something convenient because you one, you can't be asked to cook. And two, you don't want something like chicken and rice at that point or something nutritious. You just want... Something greasy and crap. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And then you just get into that. And then Monday, and I know gym, gym Monday to Thursday, eat relatively clean, but then you're just damaging yourself so much at the weekend. Well, you, you don't realise. You're negating everything, aren't you? And, and even worse, so you, you, in your head, you're like, well, I only drank for two days, but you don't realise that you had 10 beers and you had 10 Guinnesses and that's like... You know, thousand, two thousand calories there. You know, off the off the record, yeah. and then I mean, if people that's before the kebab, but afterwards, yeah. The thing is, if people could understand how much drinking affects your health and how much drinking affects your weight loss, calorie like that, it's mad. Because I remember when I stopped, because I was drinking every day, like a bottle of rum a day. Um, when I just cut the drink out, my weight was coming off me before I was even in the stepping foot in that gym. I knew Absolutely. literally the, the weight just started coming off of me. It, um, it, it's such a quick win. And as a coach, I'm very <clears throat> careful in terms of demonising certain things because a lot of people are not one end or the other end of the like, scale. They're in the middle. They can be quite balanced. They have some sense of control. Um, but I never understand why people drink alcohol. I... I not saying I don't. I do it very, very rarely on a rare occasion. But for me, it does nothing for what I need to do in life in terms of my goals or aspirations. It actually hinders you, doesn't it? Well, and this is like obviously being a mental health <laughs> podcast as well. Like you're drinking a depressant. Like you are physically choosing to put something into your body, which is going to change it's, how you see things in life. It's which... a bit like I said earlier, like when Tom Holland said, if, so, if alcohol doesn't, it didn't exist, and we're on Dragon's Den, and they put it to you that they're going to give you this liquid. That effectively poisons your body, makes you do stupid things, mm. depresses you, and then makes you feel shit the next morning. You'd go, no, you're yeah, right. I'm alright. Keep, keep your funky juice. Yeah, like, thank you. You keep that. Yeah. But it's I think because it's it's had a very good advertise being advertised very well, well and in very different things. Like I think I think anyone that's like suffered with mental health <laughs> and have used things like food and alcohol as part of their coping strategy yeah, to deal yeah, with how they're yeah. feeling about themselves, understand what we're saying. Hmm. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that might watch this that have absolutely no problem with drinking alcohol and they're like, oh, you're just bashing something because you can, you can right? <laughs> yeah. But it's not about that. Like, you know, I have a lot of clients that I work with and they ask me, can I drink alcohol? And I'm like, well, how serious are you about your goals? Now, if you having a drink is more important than you achieving your goal in a certain time frame, then fair enough. Then we work around what you want to do. So you're not one of those coaches that goes, you drink alcohol, I don't want to work with you. No, I, I think, as I say, like... Depends on how much you drink. Yeah, if I'm working with athletes and we're in a prep for a show, like, sorry, but no, it's it's not up for discussion. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I have a lot of lifestyle clients and I think part of being a good coach is being able to adapt to their lifestyle needs. Mm. Now, if a client's going out every weekend and getting trolled, then I'll have a serious conversation and be like, do you actually want this? Yeah. 
this isn't helping you. Because effectively, it, it affects your reputation as a coach Absolutely. if you're going, oh, I'm coaching them and they're not actually losing weight. 100%. <laughs> and it, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not saying you can't have that, but we need to moderate and we need to make allowances for said. Do I say anything in moderation? Yeah, I had a conversation <laughs> before, though, and someone said to me, oh, like, what did you do? And I said, well, I'm, you know, cut out of alcohol. I didn't drink. I didn't drink for about, well, for 800 days or something straight. Um, and they said to me, well, I don't think I could do that. You know, I couldn't. I said, I'm not I was saying you've got to do that, but you need to, like, not drink every day of the week. Mm. And there may be the one odd glass of wine or something at the weekend or mm. whatever you want. So it will be fine. But you can't. You, then, had, you had it. It was going to kill you. Yeah. That's, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, for you, like, you had to give it up. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here and we wouldn't be having this conversation now. Yeah. Like, so, 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 you know. And I think if you'd have that, if someone goes to you, right, you can carry on drinking cold. If you do, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. So then that's that's a choice on you. And if you choose to carry on, then... It's like smokers. Yeah, mm. yeah. Everyone knows what smoking <clears throat> does to you, but people still smoke. Mm. Again, I don't want to make people feel bad about decisions they make in their life, but own your decisions. Yeah, yeah, as long yeah. as you own it and go, well, yeah, I know it's going to kill me, but... Well, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, you're free to make mm. a choice, but... Well, it's quite funny. Like My, my grandma always used to say, like, she goes, well, something's going to kill me, so I'm just going to smoke. Yeah. And to an extent, yeah, I can understand her rationale behind it. Yeah, something is going to mm. kill you, but at least give yourself a good good chance in life yeah. by not smoking and not drinking to excess. And it's not about trying to make people like become monks in a in a monastery. No, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not. I, I don't ever want to promote like you can't have, ever have fun or do anything. That, you know, again, it's about moderation. But when you reach a certain point, like you did or I did of, during lockdown. I was drinking like five, six cans of large Stellas a day. And I was like, oh my God, I'm drinking on a Monday night, waking up with a hangover, because I was still working through lockdown, working from home. And I was waking up every morning with a hangover, and I was like, what am I doing? And the wave was just piling on, piling on, piling on. So the quickest and easiest thing for me to do was stop drinking. The first thing, Mm. like, and as you say, like, I know I'm going to lose weight from not doing this. First thing I did. And then once you start getting on a roll with not drinking, you're like, oh, I feel a lot better about myself. Oh, my head's a bit clearer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm making more sensible decisions. And yeah. I think I don't think people re- I don't think people realise how addictions start as well. Hmm. Like <clears throat> you were an addict. You were you were hmm. to an extent you're an alcoholic. Like if you're drinking every night hmm. and not even thinking about it, it just becomes a reflex. You're going right, finish work, right, crack a beer open. Like you you probably only started like like you said. You've got you weren't drinking during the week. Then rugby at the weekend, having a few bevies, yeah. and that, and then it progresses. It's a bit like my journey with drugs. Like I started Saturday night, having that Saturday night into Sunday morning. Then it drags Sunday afternoon. Then it drags to the Monday. <coughs> then it, and <coughs> you do you do continue it and spirals quickly. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you get a lot of people go bad when you get addicted, hmm. and it's and unfortunately. Like, we've all got kind of addictive personalities. Luckily, we've turned it around and we're addicted to the gym. going to the gym. Yeah. But some people don't have that. Like, you can't say, well, don't put that in your system. Because, unfortunately, especially with British as well, it's a, it's a culture thing as well. Yeah, absolutely. We'll all go to the pub, we'll have a drink. You don't know until you have that drink whether you're an addict. It's a bit like... Yeah, okay, I shouldn't have taken cocaine. I shouldn't have taken an illegal substance. But I've seen many people that can go out on a Saturday night and spend hundreds of pounds on it, throw it all up their nose and be absolute, and they could probably not touch it again mm. for another month and it wouldn't even register with them. Mm. But I'd only have to 
sniff, like wouldn't even have to sniff the line, smell it. Yeah. See the packet. And I, yeah. And yeah. I'd want it. Yeah. And I think you you don't see the steps. I think until you were quite lucky, yours didn't get to a stage where you were then drinking all day, every yeah. day. No, no. But it could have been like that. The thing and is, you're always chasing, aren't you? You're always chasing that high. You've had that high. You want it again. You're coming down off it. You want to get back up there. It's like gambling. You, you, you're always chasing, chasing your them. first high. Yeah, I, 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 I only bet on the Grand National once a year, and I put like a fiver on it. Mm. Something that's like a family tradition. <laughs> the whole reason I don't gamble is because I have, I know I have an addictive personality, and you know it all, and I know I'll chase the win. Exactly. So for me, like, just again, this is how I've kind of grown into being an adult and my life experiences. It's like. I know what I can be, good or bad. So what's the starting point for that? Mm. Ah, it's that's that's what my what, those trigger points. That, yeah, it's like literally at the trigger point. Well, that's it. So just don't do that then. <laughs> and um, it, it sounds so black and white. It does, but it is black and white. It's that simple. It's a decision. Yeah. And and one thing about me when I stopped drinking again with the weight loss and I don't want to demonise it as I say, but the the clarity of thoughts oh, that yeah. I had <clears throat> from you know. The reason I was drinking was I was locked in. I was always considered myself to be a very extroverted individual. Life of the soul, oh, happy-go-lucky Mike. It's always good for a good time, jolly up. And then when lockdown happened... It's good having that mask, isn't it? It's, mate, it's people <laughs> think you're the best person in the world or the Do funniest person. And then you realise, actually, and it, it was quite funny. When I went through that was trip, an alcohol mask, wasn't it? Well, it was one, an alcohol mask, <laughs> two, a jolly, like, big Mike. Hmm. Now, in my head, now, if someone says Big Mike, I think muscly. You know, I've got a bit of an ego. It's fine. But back then, it was Jolly Mike. And mm. we all know Jolly means fat, right? Yeah. So Either Jolly or bubbly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was Jolly Mike comes out. It's good for a good laugh. But then I thought I had loads of friends. But it wasn't. It was when they needed a good time or a night out, they knew I was always going to be the one that went, yeah, I'll be there for it. Don't worry. Yeah. And then when I pulled back from that curtain I'm like actually guys I'm actually trying to do something to better myself here yeah, the amount of friends that dropped off well yeah, yeah. friends that yeah. then dropped off and yeah, yeah. all of a sudden oh Mike's no fun anymore oh, he's over there now let him yeah. do and it was a hard lesson to learn but it was also one of the best things I ever learned because I actually realised oh these core people that I have in my life don't actually care if I'm an arsehole or if I'm a really nice version mm. of myself they'll still be there yeah. so then that's when I was like well I want to be the nicest possible version for these people yeah and then that changed my whole perspective on life. So now when people are like, do you want to come out? I'm no. Okay. And people used to be like, oh, well, you know, and I'm like, I've told you no. You, so it's about setting boundaries. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I've said no, so it's no. Well, my, that's the thing. Like my, when, when I was going through my addiction, like I, I use cocaine as a, as a crutch. A per to, pick me up. Yeah. And, and the thing is, when I, when I did it, like there was a, this little unspoken rule, whoever hosts the party doesn't pay for the gear. It's a kind of you're taking the risk of having so much gear, and there was a lot. Like, I'm not mm. sitting here making out this cool thing, mm. but it was like there was just on the kitchen side there was a pile of it, and you just went over whenever you like and just cut a bit off and did. But the person who hosted didn't didn't pay for it, so obviously I was I was always the host. I was clever. I was, clever. I was you, the host. You were a smart time. addict. Yeah, yeah, I was a smart addict. <laughs> but like my my old man used to say, he goes. If you need a substance or like alcohol, drugs to have a good time, are you genuinely having a good time? Mm. And that it, that was in my recovery, and I, I kind of sat back and went, 
yeah, I hate that you're right. <laughs> like, we always hate when our old man goes, yeah, yeah, I hate when you're right. Like, but it, it was true. And like, when when I first, like me and Matt, like first became friends, like I'd go, oh, do you want a beer? I don't really drink. And then in my head, I was like, I know why, but I didn't want to say, well, come on, have a beer, it'll be fun. Mm. Like, just, we, have, we, have a, yeah. we have a laugh and we don't have to have a beer. I don't think we've ever had a drink, do we? No, we've never had a beer. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Because he's, he's boring. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like, alcohol is one of the things. It's the only drug where if you don't, if you don't take it, you demonise for not taking it. You like yeah. you're some sort of idiot. Yeah. Or they say, yeah. oh, come on, have one, have one. I don't want one. I don't want to drink. You are, you know, yeah. take me as I, as why, I am. Why, <laughs> why does me not drinking influence how you have your night? Is it, you're demonised. If like, hmm. if you if you go to a pub and they'll go, what do you want to drink? I'll have Diet Coke. What? Yeah. Diet? What do you want? Some vodka or in it or whiskey? Or you're on antibiotics? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, you're you're recovering. Yeah. Like, not no, no, no. I just don't want a beer. Just don't want to drink. Like, I'm actually and, driving. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I there's certain situations like stag do's and stuff like that. Like, I get invited to. I'm like, I don't want to go mm. because yeah, okay, it'd be a laugh. Da 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 da. But then I feel crap, mm. and the money I'm going to spend, like, because now, like, I'm a reformed addict. I'm like, <laughs> that money I could save, and like, I don't know Rosie wants to go on that sleeper train from London to Scotland, and that's like pushing a grand for me, Sophie and Rosie to do it. And I'm like, oh, stag things going to cost me like five hundred quid. Like, I'm halfway to take taking my little girl to do something she wants to do. And Priorities, yeah, and. But mainly, I don't want to sit. I don't have to take Monday and Tuesday off work so I can recover from a weekend of drinking. See, I, I'm getting married in 25, so again, this is like why I say I don't want to demonise alcohol because <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Like there are going to be points in my life where I do have a drink again. I'm British, brawn and bed, and, and one of the points of that is when you're stag do, you get absolutely rinsed <laughs> by your mates, and I'm all for it because I've done it to my mates on their stags, and I'm like, it's fine, your this, turn now. It's my turn to have the penance back, which is not a problem. But the difference I am now as a person through the transformation that I've done is that is a very isolated period of time which I will allow alcohol into my diet. After that, I won't drink again for a long period of time. Yeah, till the wedding. Till the wedding. <laughs> the is, like, and then yeah. I'll need a drink to calm the nerves. Yeah, you have times like that where that's like, you know, there's yeah, a, a, year, it's a steak do whatever. I can understand having a drink on that, on that sort of thing mm. and whatnot. But when you're going on like a, a work event, it's like a one-night work event mm. where they, they go to like, I don't know, they might be going to some sort of thing. It's overnight or something, and they go to, or they go out after work, and they get totally wankered because you know hmm? everyone's drinking. I'm like, I said, I said to Jed, she's going to kill me for saying this, but I say you're going to say it anyway, aren't yeah. You? <laughs> but I say anyway, but she might go to I know, like a work thing, and you feel like she have to get totally blattered, and then she'll moan the next day that she's not feeling well. She's hanging, and I'm worried about her because she's got to drive back the next day from yeah. where she's been, yeah. and then she thinks I'm moaning. But I'm more concerned the fact that. How she, how she is, you know. Yeah. So my, my day job is um, like a mortgage underwriter for a bank. And one of the things that I constantly have in one-to-ones for my job role is, oh, you need to be visual in the business. So I'm like, what does that mean? Social. So, like, so I'm like visually doing my job well then. And they're like, no, we, your, your attendance or should I say non-attendance at social gatherings after hours has been noted by senior management. I'm like, what impact does that have on my job? So, because I don't want to get pissed. I work my work. contracted hours and I do it to the best of my ability. I work through lunches. I come in early. I work early. But because I don't want to stay behind and drink the free alcohol and pizza on offer in the, in the office, I'm now all of a sudden not a good employee. Yeah, Jen said that to me. So, night, it's a bad work. Oh, it's a bad like, I, I ethos to have. I had it out of my manager. I said, well, if that's how the company values my performance, I'll then I'll go somewhere that actually values my work. 
And since then, I've not heard a word about it. I but don't understand that. It's that like pressure. Mm. If you're young, if you're 22, and you're you know trying to be healthy or you know in your early 20s, first corporate job in the world, and you go into a bank, and they're like, if you're not getting pissed up, you're not part you of the feel, team. You feel kind of pressured. Yeah. You'd feel pressured. Now, I'm 32. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's... Show me in my contract where it says I'm obliged to get drunk on a, on a social event. Because that, yeah. that, that is the complete opposite of most contracts. Yeah. You should not be drinking. But it's the old school banker mentality. And I'm like, well, I'm not an old school banker. I'm 32. Yeah, and a lot of old school bankers have a lot of mental health is, issues and, and addiction. Because and all unhealthy, die in their 50s and 60s through stress and alcohol and bad food and drugs. choices. Drugs. It's, it's, in London, it's the financial sector is known for drink and cocaine Cocaine ran the stock market for a very long time because it kept people going. When I used to play rugby, I was a recruiter. Now imagine that lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, recruitment, <laughs> stock market, anything like that. Like literally, I, I've been in jobs where I've sat in the city and I've like after getting getting clean, mm. I've sat there with my boss and I go, I go, you know, there's people on gear. Mm. And who? Well, I'm not going to tell you because yeah, I'm not a not, snitch. I'm not a snitch. Yeah. But I said, he goes. Nah, it don't happen in my office. I said, you're either naive or fucking stupid. <laughs> I said, with all due respect, you're an idiot if you think there's yeah. no drugs. I said, there's people that do it in the office while they're at the desk. Yeah. So On a Tuesday morning. Yeah. The, yeah. So the fact that you think they're not doing it in a, in a toilet, in a bar, you're a dick. And I can spot it from a... I can, I can point out. If I'm in a bar, I can point out gearheads. Oh, absolutely, because you know the signs. I know the signs. I know... I've lived it. Mm. I've lived it. I've, not only do I know the signs, I know how to hide the signs. Mm. And and I think that that life, I think... Yeah, if you're if you're in a if culture, a work culture, where it's seen to be okay to mm. get lashed up after work and you're kind of judged on that... How's your mental health ever going to, like, kind of cope? How are you going to cope? It's, like... it's an awful thing. And I feel so... It's hard because I, I, mental health <laughs> is something that's very personal to me. Like, I'm very a massive advocate of it. So like, I lost my uh, my dad when I was five years old. He committed suicide. So I've always grown up with that, like, am I wired the same way? So when I was going through that transformation and it was the alcohol and all of the comfort eating, there's always been that chip on my shoulder. Like, am I? is there something wrong with me? They put me off having kids when I was young because I like I don't want to carry that gene on. Lots of things like that. And no one knows that you're going through that in your head. And again, the way that I dealt with that was, well, I'm going to see my mates and go and get pissed every weekend. Like, I'm forget about it. Because then I'm not thinking about it when I'm having a good time. But then when you're sitting there a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock and you've got a stinking hangover. And you're depressed and you're paranoid. And then and you go, <clears throat> is, is this the route that I'm going down? This is it feels like a very similar route that I've been seen happen before. Mm. And it's the same when I'm in the office. I see a lot of young lads and, and this, you know, and women as well, obviously, but young lads that just, they don't know what's the right thing to do anymore because they do one thing and they're going to get in trouble. They do the other thing, they're going to get in trouble. in trouble. And I just like look at them and I'm like, just morally do what's right for you. Yeah. Whatever that means. If it doesn't feel right, if it, don't do it. If it's not what you feel is right, then don't mm. do it. Whatever that means. Now, if you think it's like <laughs> the best thing to do in the world, go and get drunk and you love it and that's your life and you enjoy it and you can do it and there's no repercussions, fair play, mate. Mm. Go and enjoy it. Yeah. But if you are struggling at any point, have a look at yourself and yeah. don't do it because it's the social norm yeah. because it ultimately it will, <clears throat> it will destroy your mental health. And this is when I started the transformation, I just got to a point where I'm like, we actually, the way it all started was we, um, our best friends were getting married 
and it got cancelled, but it was the time in between the first and the second bubble yeah. when everyone could go out and see everyone. So obviously everyone's having parties, but their venue was only allowed, I think, like 20 people or something. So they pushed it back a year when yeah. hopefully we could have more, and they did, and it was an amazing wedding, so they made the right decision. But we had like a party, and we were absolutely smashed. Like I was off my face, I couldn't remember anything of the night. And we were laying in bed the next day, me and me, and me over half, and the pictures were circulating of the night before. And I look like I'm having the best time, and I'm looking at it like, God, that geezer is so unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like genuinely, like if I could tell you that how that looks is not how that person feels because yeah. it was me. And I was like, is that what I look like now? And I was like, yes, you know. And like, I obviously COVID, everyone had the long hair, <laughs> the long beard because you couldn't get an haircut because yeah. obviously the barbers were all shut. So that didn't make me look great anyway because I'm receding and thinning. So <laughs> I looked absolutely awful. But it was like the belly was just like out here. And I was like, wow done some damage here yeah first lockdown like it was a beautiful summer so all you're doing is drinking in the afternoon and the evenings working from home my work was mental busy so it was like stress and coping with it and yeah couldn't travel couldn't spend your money so it's like well, fuck it i'll get drunk then mm. and that's it the mental side i looked at that picture and went that is one happy geezer. was that your turning point that was it that was when i turned to him and went i'm done mm. i'm done like no way and to be fair there's been a few fake dawns where i've been like i'm done not doing it like after a heavy night. I'm never drinking when again. Home, like, yeah, yeah. yeah well, and, like, never so drinking Gemma heard it a few times. So yeah, she's always like believed in me. She'll always push me. She was skeptical. There, yeah, and rightly so. Like even like, my best mate Kieran, I said it to him, and he was just like, "All right, mate. Well, yeah, I'll help you." But <laughs> I'll see you Saturday for the, a beer. Yeah. The tone was like, "All right, mate. We'll see." And then like the next week, and they're like, "Yeah, you do it for the first week, but you'll crumble by." Do, two, do you three know what? When in. people say that to me, I'm like, "Right, I can show you." That's, it. that's that's my for me that's my kind of like when was it last january i just decided like i saw pictures of myself and i went nah no i'm done like like you did i'm like i'm done and i started going to the gym started going started going like properly not just like two days here i'm gonna have a couple of days off and i had my mates that went yeah all right i had all this before i'd like to see you do it like you you ain't gonna last mm. and that's for me i'm like yeah like with an ice bath now. <laughs> With no ice in it. Yeah. So I've got an ice bath and I, we've got people going, oh, it's just got hot water in it. Then my missus, like, she's felt the water. Doesn't she... that just say everything about society? Though? Yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, not just, not just I'm doing well something done, better mate. myself. Yeah. It's just like, oh, well, you're, you're obviously cheating. Yeah. What? Yeah. Just because that's what you would do. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't put it on yeah. me. Like, yeah, fine. this is a reflection. And if I am cheating, why'd you care? Yeah, why'd you care? I've got a hot tub now. Like, it's not, a cold, <laughs> it's not an ice bath, it's a hot tub. Who cares? But like, my missus, like, she put her hand in the ice bath and, nah, with all due respect, I ain't getting it. <laughs> she goes, you won't see out a week. Like, <laughs> Fair do enough. you know what? I wasn't going to see out a week, but now yeah. I'm going to do it now for the next 10 years, every day, just to prove you wrong. Absolutely. And I, I'm, do you know what? I'm exactly the same. That When I said, like, because that's the reason why I did the bodybuilding show, because I was like, because people said you wouldn't. And they were like, <laughs> and then it's like, it was booked. And I'm like, all right, so you've booked it. Okay. Anyone can book it. Anyone can book it. And then it's like, carrying on. Then it's like losing weight. And people are looking at me going, yeah. It's still applying for a marathon, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, going to do that. Yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to make it though. You won't get there. You won't lose the weight. You won't. And like, fucking, every week. fucking watch. All I'm getting is confidence yeah. from the momentum. I'm like, I'm fucking doing something here. This is magic. Yeah. Like, I'm loving it. And I'm supporting the right people around me, pushing me the right way. And the, the haters are still going on. Well, you're doing this or you're doing that. 
in the first little... Are they, the, are they those same haters that aren't changing themselves, aren't bettering themselves and sitting on their ass doing They nothing? are, and they're also now the same haters that ask me for advice. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and do you, know, do you know what? Like, And I'm quite... Uh, again, like, I've learned through experiences in my life not to be bitter about things. So I, I help them because the biggest fuck you now is that I'm giving you advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if I, I genuinely want to help people, so that I'm happy to give the advice, and I don't throw it in their face because, again, that doesn't make anyone feel any better, and they might be trying to do something, and mm. I don't want to be the person bringing them down. But at the same time, it's like, can I just show you a message you sent me three years ago where you the called tables. me a, a fat yeah. shit and I wouldn't do it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now you're the one asking for my advice. Yeah. To me, that's just like, that's my vindication. Yeah. But you can't just have that as your only fuel because if you do that, you'll wear it yeah. very uh, quickly. I, ha I had a good saying, and it was Tom Skinner that said it. He said, never accept criticism from someone that you'd never take advice from. Uh, I use that a lot. And and, it, and it's true. like Because yeah. I, I think, especially on social media as well, we always, no one ever goes, if, if you had 10 comments and you look really good, da, 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 you're going to look at those, that one comment that says, you're still fat. You still ain't cut. You're still not big, because we I think I don't know if it's a British thing. We just like to focus on the sh on the crap, on the negative. negative. We're yeah. all like, oh, like, like do better and shoot, like stiff up a lip and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we like that, but we also like to. That's 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 our insecurities though, mm. because even now, like people will be like, oh, you have like a good physique, or you look great at your last show, <laughs> or oh, I'm really happy, like you you're, you're impressing me and all this stuff. And it's all lovely to hear. And I don't let it go too much either. Like, even when people are well, bad smoking. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Obviously, I have an ego. Like, I never hide that. It's, you know. You've got to, though, haven't you? You've got to. I'm in an industry where it's full of ego. Well, so you've got to have a bit of that. You stand on the stage in the set of speedos. It's, like, you're not exactly, you're not exactly, you can't exactly be saying, I haven't got an ego. You're flexing your muscles <laughs> in, in tight little spandex. In, fa in fake tan looking like the woman out of Benidorm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You can't say, no, I haven't got an ego. Because if you did, you're I'd a be lying, yeah. But <laughs> even with that, it strokes the ego, which is lovely. But yeah, you're right. Like, Again, it's just the vindic like, and it's always the fake profile with the no yeah, picture no, and yeah. no, no posts and the no and they <clears throat> and it would just be like um, I had one the other day. You'll always be a fat boy, and I'm like, you're absolutely right. I will be. Yeah. I always mentally, mentally, I'm always a fat kid. Don't worry about that. Even me though, I was like, jeans. oh, had you got the white yeah. cookie ones? Yeah, I love some of them. That's in the jeans. That's you know, it can make the feeder over it. <laughs> <laughs> Exacerbating our inhibitions, but it's. Yeah, I've got to catch up with you somehow. If I keep feeding you biscuits, <laughs> well, yeah, it's off season at the moment, yeah, but um, bulking season, bulking season. Yeah. But yeah, but it's it's that negative comment will be the one. Yeah, yeah. And it used to really get to me, like it really like anger me, piss me off, and I would use it as the old chip on the shoulder. I'll prove you wrong. I'll show mm. you something. Mm -hmm. But now I just go, do you know what? I feel really sorry for you, mate. Like yeah, to yeah. take the time out of your day to set up an account, to hide behind it, to then come and comment on my story or yeah. comment on my post and put mm. something abusive like. I'm actually really worried about you now because yeah. well, I, I don't need to put that hate out there. Someone, uh, there was something that said, that, like, if anyone ever insults you, never get angry. Just turn around and say, just ask them, are you okay? Mm. And it completely flips everything because no, no one knows how to respond yeah. to that because yeah. they're just used to what just been. <clears throat> and that also comes with the confidence of knowing who your inner circle is. Now, if someone that I deeply care about, their opinion says something like that, then that's a different kettle of fish. So, it's a different conversation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But if it's a randomer or some like an acquaintance or, again, even better with someone that's fake profile online. Oh, mate, sorry you feel that way. but yeah, I don't know if you remember, obviously, 
going back to what you were just saying, obviously, first they laugh at you, then they ask you how, that, yeah. that type of thing. But I don't know if you remember, obviously, when I was competing, and I had that, I had a bit of someone who was on the stage with me at the same time, he was messaging me or stuff, remember? And I was telling you, you about you, what to yeah, say. and you sent me a nice voice note, and you just said, you know, just ignore it and just yeah. you know don't look at who you're up against you know you used to basically saying just come off it until you've done your show because it just fucked yeah. your head yeah um, it's such a toxic thing like any <clears throat> any any bodybuilder that gets on stage and then there's you know i think anyone that's in the gym to better themselves to some level has got some form of eating disorder body dysmorphia um and whether you want to anyone wants to admit it or not like you're always either the skinny kid in school that everyone like you you're skinny. the skinny one or the fat one or the fat one to a degree you know you obviously you have people that just were always kind of a constant mm. and you get that in life but most people started going to gym or exercise to better themselves one way or another mm. and even people that look great all the time mentally it's just like their clarity mind mm. of thought um, so yeah, when you were doing your show and like, I'd had experience of doing it and yeah, people yeah. trying to pull me down. So, and I remember how I felt in that moment. So I was like, Matt, just look where you started, mate. Yeah. Like you getting up there is such a win, regardless of any result or medal that you could do. That's how I looked at my first show. It's like, I don't care if I come bottom last. All I didn't want to do was get laughed down. Yeah, but you're, be you're beating all the people that didn't even attempt to do and, it. And that's, that's the thing, but it's sign of transformation and, and the length of it as well. Mm. Like you're you you getting up there? Like I was so happy to see you up there doing your thing. I remember you and Rip doing the posing room, and it to me was just like, oh, yeah. that's what I love about this like place, this yeah. gym, well, it's, it's this a, sport, this industry. This is this is the you bit. See that's people, beauty. You see people like you get like Matt when you first went in the gym. Like you're a big boy, mm. and you see p big people going to the gym, and you you can you can notice people. They're all tittering away, like laughing. Mm. You think, but that per that. That fat person that's on walking on the treadmill at tiny little pace is lapping the people that are still sitting on their ass on the sofa. Mm. Like they're there, they're doing something about it. Yeah, okay, it might they might not look like an Adonis, but that that big step, like you've always said, the biggest step for you was walking through that door yeah, and cool. signing up to Rick, yeah. not yeah, yeah. getting on a treadmill or doing an exercise. Literally, it, it's that psychological. And Haley, she shared that thing like when you do a show. Oh, the post-show blues. Yeah, well, no, you you do a show. You're only on stage for up to 15 minutes. The rest of the year, it's, it's on you. It's in the background. Yeah, it's in the yeah. background. So, really, like, don't worry about what other people... A few people who follow me on Instagram will say that I'm <laughs> showing you everything I always do. But again, there's always still that part of me that's like, yeah, I do all the work in the background. And people don't really know what I'm doing. I let people see... We'll this is something. See what you need them to yeah. see. This is something <laughs> Steve, my coach, taught me very well. He was like, I will only show you a certain part. Everything else I'm doing is quiet and it's in the yeah, background. Yeah, yeah. And when I, when he taught me that lesson, I was like, that's phenomenal. So now I only show people what I want them to see. Like, I get it quite a lot about, oh, you don't really post a lot about you and your missus. And I'm like, well, I don't need to. Like, we're secure. Like, we're good. Like, I, the couples that I know that are always like, oh, me and my, I love him. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. They're the ones that usually have got quite a lot of insecurities and issues going on. Obviously, we'll, we all do that. Like, every of course. Like, like, yeah, anniversaries, birthdays, yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah, you do, because yeah. it's a time when you're reflecting on what you have in your life, which we need yeah, to do no, more I've, of as a I've society. Seen, I've seen friends. They're like, it, it, it's, uh, it's great. If you're in a loving relationship, cool. But it's starting to become very sickening. <laughs> like, when I'm, like, people, they're expecting babies. Like, I'm so proud. Of okay, you're proud, but cool. Like, that's cool. But you don't have to be proud of that every day of every week of every month because tell her that don't yeah, tell her yeah. just tell her and yeah. like my personal instagram like 
I have a lot, obviously, because there's a crossover between the campaign and I post mm. stuff with me. You get lots of people that will, will try and admin. It's private mm. and I'll, I'll decline it and they'll message, why didn't you accept? Because <clears throat> it's my personal this my per This yeah. is my personal life. It's got my kids on it. It's got, it's, it's my life. That's mine to yeah. share what I want to show. With the people, like, and they go, well, why don't you? I only accept people that I know that I've met. Hmm. And that, yeah, okay, my following and my stuff on there. Obviously, I, on my personal, I follow celebrities and football teams, da, da, da. but my followers, the people that follow me that I've accepted are limited. I know them. I've met them at least once and I have something in common with them. And I think. Like you say, it comes back to that kind of, you don't need to put everything on social media. And unfortunately, the only things people do put on social media are the good stuff. Yeah. Like, you never see, like, very rarely that it is nice to see some people doing it. Then they're just chastised for attention-seeking. Yeah, you're, 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 you're being negative. If you're yeah, being you're negative. being negative or you're attention-seeking. Like, there's, I've seen people that put their biggest emotion on, we said before, there's some people that are so lonely that their social media is their person they can talk to mm. or their their support network like there are a lot of people that have got a community i'm lucky that my campaign's got a little community yeah. that help each other out and all the comments were all the posts and some people will post that they're cr they're crying and they're saying i'm really struggling mm. and you get all the tr dickhead trolls that are going well you're just doing it for attention why can't you go and tell someone you don't need to put it on social media I, uh, i'll never understand people like that like i <sighs> It's, I don't know. Maybe it's the way I was brought up. Maybe, and I think you've this, got nothing nice to say. Don't yeah, say it at all. But it's also, again, I'm at a point in my life where I'm very selective over who I give my energy and time to, and anyone that has that kind of opinion, I just don't want to know you. Like, because you've, you've spent years of your life giving it to people that don't it deserve to people it. People that don't deserve it. Absolutely. Yeah. So now I'm very selective, and people kind of think I'm a bit callous and a bit cold. I'm like, I'm not. I'm just not entertaining your bullshit. That's not me. Like, if like people, <laughs> it's a funny story. People will say Mike's either the nicest bloke you've ever met or he's the biggest arsehole. And both are correct. Do you know, do you know what? When both I, are when correct. When I first saw you in the gym, I was like, I don't really want to approach him. He looks like one miserable twat, babe. <laughs> like, and I was like, and even when we first touched, spoke the first couple of times, I was like, I don't know how I can take him. Does he hate me? Or probably does, because I don't shut up. But, um, but yeah, but like, you're one of those ones that... When was you talking to like two weeks out from a show? And you were like, Probably. You, like, you were on a, you, no, no, I know you were because you were on a step up. Oh, right. You, you were on the stairs. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. I don't want to talk to anyone. When I'm no, exactly. But, but it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I, I think we've all been around it because well, we've got addic addictions. Like we'll always be addicts. Mm. We just don't take those things. Yeah. And we were always surrounded by the people that let us do it. Where they were enablers. Yeah. And. When you push those people away and their negativity, you actually find you don't need to. I hear, I hear all the time. They're like, when I, when I first saw you, I thought you were going to be like a really aggressive, passive aggressive, miserable like, twat, miserable arsehole. <laughs> and I'm like, that's just my face. <laughs> I can't do nothing about Resting that. Resting bitch face. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm seeing you a couple of weeks out from the show and I was going to come see you. I was going to come see you. Story. But you, but you scared him. So no, he no, was no, like this. I, I was like, walked into the gym and this. I was turn up. And then I saw you in the car the park, And then I just saw, normally they walk in together, but he just walked in steaming ahead and then he's hood up and like just bolt straight through the thing. And I was oh, like, I'll oh, give it a miss. I You know what? I remember that so vividly. I, and I actually, <laughs> I actually felt really bad because I walked in. I, don't, I didn't have the ump over anything, I don't think. I, mean, I was just tired and hungry and all that stuff. And it was never excuses me being an <laughs> arsehole. 
But I remember you approaching the, the, the turnstile, Rick. And, I back. and, I just think, and you just walked up and you saw my face and you just went, nope. It's like, it was like this like, veto. And I just remember walking in and I was just got it done. I think I came up to you at the end and yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. really sorry if I looked like an absolute, like I was going to chew your head off. I really wasn't. Um, <laughs> but I might have done. So that's what I'm talking to you <laughs> no, now. No. There's certain people that I just would never talk to. No, <laughs> clearly. No, it, it, there's certain, like, this is one thing about bodybuilding as well. I can't stand people that you <laughs> prep as an excuse to be an arsehole. Oh, I'm on prep, that's why I'm an arsehole. No, no. No, you're an arsehole because you're an arsehole. You're an arsehole <laughs> and you're you're just doing that because you want to be. You're and just trying to use that as an excuse. Yeah. Like, one thing me and Gemma are very clear on, and she supports me amazingly within my bodybuilding, but one thing I've took on as like a, this must never happen, is to be an arsehole to her. I've only broke that rule once when we were in Birmingham. I bet she let you know though. To, to be fair, I my, I already knew it. She yeah. didn't have to, and I, I honestly. Oh, you got the look. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even that. We we were in Birmingham and doing the Arnold's, and we it was a one. I don't know if you've ever been to Birmingham. It's a one way system. Yeah, everything's right. one way. And if you miss a turn in. <laughs> You're fucked. Well, you, you've got another at least an hour. Before you've got to come right. back. Yeah. So I've got a weigh-in to get to in this hotel, and it was like checking a weigh-in. So I, and for me, I'm always at the right top end of a category. So I'm like a few pounds from making weight, bad or good. So if I have another couple of sips of drink, <laughs> so I know, but I've not drank no water, nothing. So I'm like sitting in the car, and like I'm trying to navigate my missus around a place we've never both both been before. You're hungry. I'm absolutely starving. I'm concerned <laughs> if I'm going to make weight. Like I've done everything right, but it's still like that. Just nerves of yeah. making it. The Arnold's is fucking massive. So it's the biggest show. I'm in Birmingham. Don't know where I am. So I've got all these pressures on. She misses the first turning on the way, and in my in Gemma's defence, the turning was like point blank like yeah. you either know it or you don't and if you don't know it you it's a local's it. turn yeah so we've missed it so anyway i've kept calm we're going around we're going around <laughs> again so i'm like we leave with plenty of time because i hate being late for anything so we go around again we do it a second time it's the turn in the second time <laughs> now i'm not okay <laughs> so we pull back up the third time just like, stop i walk well, that was it. <laughs> and i just went just park the fucking car and like jem just didn't even move she just parked, like literally like pulled in somewhere didn't even look at the mirrors nothing like how oh, we didn't ever crash Pulled in, put the car down, and I just was like, I am, I am the biggest arsehole on this planet right now. And I remember walking in, it was the first Arnold's. I was so excited for the whole prep to be doing it. Biggest show in the UK ever. I'm going to be there, all this stuff. And I remember checking in, and I just didn't want to be there because I was just like, I'm an arsehole. Mm. My missus is crying in the car because I've shouted at her because she missed a turning that she didn't know was there three times. Because yeah, she's never been here before. And it's yeah. like, but you don't rationalise it that way. And I got back in the car. And we didn't even talk about bodybuilding. I was just like, I am so sorry. I must have said it about four times. To be fair to her, she has got a lot for it since. <laughs> like, I have You've made up for it. I've made up for it pretty well since. But it's the only time. But that was like the one and only. And I felt terrible about myself. So when people in the gym, I'm going to be a fucking arsehole to everyone because I'm on prep. And even people that aren't on prep, they're just bodybuilders and they think they're not. I'm like, mate, get out your ass. You choose this life. No one is forcing you not to eat no. food. No one is forcing If you're doing it, fine. But it doesn't mean that that person who's been in the gym twice doesn't get to use that machine because you've got to show him three weeks. Yeah. Wait your fucking turn. Yeah. And that's one thing I love about Ripped as a gym. Drop your fucking ego out the door. Don't bring it in. Everyone, <laughs> if you pay your membership, everyone is entitled to the same thing in yeah. an order. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. It and is, and, and yeah. do you know what? Like, I've, I've worked out many... Apart from me, because apparently I'm a miserable arsehole. You are, you are a miserable <laughs> arsehole until you're begging to be filmed. And then, then it's all fine. Then hey, all, all I wanted was a celebrity football match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, 
I think like Ripped is the first gym I've been to that is it completely kind of changes the culture of bodybuilding. Like I'm not and it's not a paid advert, don't worry, like I'm not getting paid for this. It's literally oh, Alpha Crystal, thank you for it. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> it's not a paid advert. Yeah. <laughs> I literally got it towed yeah, on his yeah. arm. But like I've I've been in many gyms where, yeah, like the usual like, oh they're just meat heads, they're just roid heads and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, like unfortunately, like that's well not unfortunately. In gyms, there is steroids, there is this, there mm. is that. But in Ripped, it just seemed like the, just the atmosphere is different. Like anybody, we, management won't have it. And I, I obviously yeah. work behind the counter and stuff. And, and it's just it's, it's a clear message from the owners. We don't accept it from yeah. anyone. Whether you've been here since we've opened our door, <laughs> or you're or you're, it's your first day in here. No one no is bigger than the gym. No. Everyone here gets treated with yeah. respect. The, the equipment gets treated with respect, everything. And it's and, and the atmosphere is good. Everyone's happy. Like, we'll all have a laugh, mm. but we can, yeah, it is good. And yeah, I think bodybuilding or any sort of gym is good for your mental health. Cool. Right. So, um, yeah, I just want to say thanks for coming on. No, today. pleasure. Really Thank you. appreciate you coming on. We'll have to do yeah. more of these. It's honestly, yeah. it's like, just yeah. great to chat. You, you just fly therapy, isn't it? Yeah, you know what it is? Exactly. Yeah, I feel like I've got a bit of weight off my chest today. I yeah. feel like, yeah, I've talked through a few things. So, no, thank you. And honestly, keep doing what you're doing because... It's inspirational for a lot of people, and you—I say this now. There's things that you've posted and stuff that I've watched and liked and reshared, and sometimes you're having a bit of a crap day, and you just think, like, actually, I'm really lucky, mm. and it makes you just have a bit more perspective on life. So, do you want to drop your uh, Instagram handle as well, just in case anyone can remember look, it? For a bit of coaching. <laughs> uh, crisp underscore coaching um, is my Instagram, but we're part of the end coaching. But yeah, that's what I'm here for—to help people like me, people like you that have need the big transformations want to change their lives and get better habits that's that's what i'm trying to achieve so Excellent. thank, thank awesome. you thank you for coming on cheers mate. cheers